So if you want to flick open your Bibles, uh, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4. Um, for those of you who were here last week, you'll know um, that I didn't get to the end of my message. Actually, I felt as if I, I never really got started. So there'll be a wee bit of repetition this morning. Who knows that repetition isn't a bad thing? Especially for people like me who are a little bit slow. God has to say some things to us more than once for us to actually get the message. Is, I don't know if you've experienced that, or is it just me? Okay, it's kind of looking like it's just me at the moment. Okay, so just kind of thinking uh, recently about some of the things which God has been speaking into the life of the fellowship. Um, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about putting in good foundations, about establishing uh, ourselves and being established as a church. Perhaps you could flick my presentation up, Stephanie. And uh, really, I was reflecting last week on how we've been in this process of transition as a church. We've not arrived at the place where we think we should be yet. And I don't know if we ever arrive at the place we think we should be because as soon as you take a step in God, who knows that God is already thinking about your next step. Okay, So we've never really arrived both as individuals but also as a church. And so we've been thinking about this process of trans, uh, transition. And I, I'm really encouraged that God is speaking to us. Uh, I hear things that people are saying, um, you know, things that are, I'm hearing in my, my own kind of time, uh, and things which are being confirmed through other, other sources. And it's always really encouraging when, when you hear a word from God and it's confirmed. In fact, I find it very moving, very emotional sometimes that, you know, uh, I, I had a word confirmed last week when I was up at the area day in Perth. And, uh, you know, Mary will tell you because she was sitting opposite me over lunch. I was struggling to eat my dinner because I was getting overcome by emotion. I was struggling to eat my lunch because I thought, God, I'm really hearing what you're saying here. And I'm really encouraged about what you're saying and I'm excited about what you're saying. And, you know, it'll work its way, it'll work its way out eventually. But we thought about establishing, we thought about roots, and uh, I'm going to put up a little picture. This is the picture that we looked at. We thought about establishing what it means to be grounded, to be rooted, to be rooted in God, to be rooted in our faith, uh, and to be really secure in that. And then I, I said that we would talk about being elevated, uh, to, to be lifted up, to go to new levels, uh, whatever that means for you individually. There's an application for us on an individual level, but there's also an application for us as a church. And uh, we listened again to Gary Davidson's uh, word, which he brought to us. Uh, very encouraging uh, word. And, and really, we need to grab hold of these things which God is saying to us. And we need to say, okay, God, how do we put this into practice? What's the strategy? What's the plan? What's the next step? Bing bong. It's David. Sorry, calling you out, pal. <laughs> and, uh, you know, part of this is that just this reality that each of us are on a journey. Uh, we're on a journey in our faith. It starts off at this exploring stage, as we thought about before. This stage where we're really trying to get to grips with who is this God? Is God real? Does God exist? Uh, and, and a lot of what we're trying to do in the academy is get young people to think for themselves about this uh, creator God, about this, you know, is this, is this God real? 
uh, and, and a lot of what we say there in our assemblies is, is encouraging young people to think for themselves because who knows that in this world there's lots of lies, there's lots of deception, there's lots of things which keep people in the dark. And so I'm encouraging them to, to, to really stick in and to think for themselves. But implied in all of this is next steps. Each of us need to be thinking about what our next step is. It doesn't matter how old we are, physically, or even in our faith, spiritually. There's always a next step. And my question is for you, what is your next step? Are you thinking about your next step? What's your next step in your relationship with God? What's your next step in serving God? Have you thought about that? Have you thought about that question? And I hope, I hope that we do. But the reality is that for some, for some people on this journey, some people press the pause button. I don't know if I can go in just now. I need to be rest. And some people, some people press the stop button. It's like, no, I don't believe in this anymore. I'm not going to go to church anymore. This is just a load of nonsense. Or some people press a different button and they press the eject button. And it's like, this is just nonsense. But for us, my prayer is that we think about our next step in that process. I don't know where you're at or where you think you're at. I know where I think I'm at sometimes. And then I realize that I'm way back at the beginning. <laughs> because something happens in life and you go, ah, I thought it was bigger than that. And then you realize, actually, in that particular area, you're back to the start. It's like snakes and ladders. You know, you just kind of come to that ladder and you're way up to number 99 or whatever it is. Then the next roll of the dice, you're back down through a slidey snake. It's interesting that it's snakes, isn't it? Who was it that came and tempted Eve at the beginning? The serpent. So we need to think about our next steps. But let's read Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 15 and 16, it says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. And uh, I did share this image last week. And really we're not comparing ourselves to, to each other. We're comparing ourselves against that perfect standard, which is Christ himself. And one of the commentaries on this verse is, uh, more than that, we are to grow into resemblance uh, to him, or that our growth is to be according to his example. It means that he is the source from which the grace or power comes that makes it possible for us to grow. He is also the object and goal to which our growth in its every stage must look and is to be directed. We're becoming, or I hope we're becoming, like Christ. Therefore, becoming Christ-centered. But then recognizing that it's his power at work in us that enables us to do that. We can't muster it up. We can't do it in our own strength. We do it in his strength. 
And just to read another verse from Romans, I think we... I think I probably read this one last week, but it's it's worth reading again from the message. It says, God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity. He restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name. You are called by name for such a time as this. And after he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. And then after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing the work that he had begun God is in the process of shaping our lives. God is in the process of making us more like his son, Jesus. Peter, 2 Peter 3.18 says this, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. Grow in knowledge of Christ. How do we grow in the knowledge of Christ? It's not a trick question. How do we grow in that knowledge? Reading the Bible. Brandon? The Word. The Word, brother. (laughs) It's quite obvious, isn't it? God speaks to us through his words. But not just in the kind of dry words as some people approach it and don't understand when they open this thing. God speaks to us through it. God reveals himself through the word, which is why we need to pray as we come to it and say, Lord, reveal what you're saying to me uh, at this time. And prayer, it's that relationship that we have with God. That prayer is so important. Imagine getting up in the morning and not saying anything to the people in your house and then going off to work and coming back and not saying anything to the people in your house. Can you imagine that? Maybe that happens, actually. <laughs> Maybe that happens in some cases. But that's not what would normally happen. Normally you get up and say, good morning. You'd have a conversation with somebody. We grow in our knowledge of him through relationship. Just as we grow in our knowledge of each other, it's through relationship. Speaking, sharing our heart listening and then when God speaks to us when we put it into practice that's when we begin to see the changes happen that's when we begin to move from beginning to growing to becoming Christ centred is when we're obedient to what he says to us now you might say I'm waiting for a word from God well the Bible is full of words from God the Bible is full of instruction already learn it Put it into practice and you'll see the changes start to happen. First Peter uses this expression, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. This phrase growing, growing up, is what we mean by elevation. That's what we mean by going to a new level. Some of us stopped growing 
at a particular height. Some of us kept growing. I was quite amazed to meet your son on Friday, Keith, and realize how tall he was. I was like, my goodness, how did that happen? <laughs> Maybe Josh will grow to be taller than me, I don't know. But we all have different kind of rates. We all stop at different places. But in our spiritual life, we don't stop growing. We need to keep growing in our knowledge of him and keep growing in grace. The grace that God gives us is what allows us to do the things that we do. Now, I used this picture uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, It's this spruce tree uh, which was planted in the same year as William Booth started his mission which became the Salvation Army and it still stands to this day and we thought about establishing, we thought about the roots in that tree but I only showed you part of the picture This this is as much as I could fit in with a camera and actually still get the kids in the picture this tree is absolutely enormous it's massive and when there's healthy roots trees grow up and become tall and in this this particular trees in Glam's castle we don't know what the heights of the trees are they don't mark them however in Blair castle in Perthshire they do tell you what height all the trees are and there's a tree in there which used to be the second tallest tree in the world here it's here this tree here until a storm came back in 2010 and blew the top off of the tree. The second tallest tree in the whole of the UK until a storm came and blew the top off of the tree. And I can say with assurance here today that storms will come in our lives. And who knows that the growing of the tree starts at the top. Trees don't grow from the bottom, they grow from the top. And the enemy will try and stop us in our growth in God. Stop us from growing in grace. Stop us from growing in our knowledge of Christ. And he will hit us in the places where we're growing. And if you're finding it hard to pray in the morning, finding it hard to pray and and just spend that time with God, well, here's my tip, and I've said it before, and it's so simple, I wonder why I don't do it myself sometimes. Pray about the fact that you're struggling to pray. And watch God answer that prayer. I'm struggling to really understand what God's saying in the Bible. Pray about what you're reading in the Bible and ask him to open it up to you. But come and have a conversation. Come and chat about it because we might be able to help. But the storms in life come and they will hit us at the points where we're growing. Here's the good news. In this tree up in Blair Castle... It's beginning to grow at the top again. And it will, in X number of years, become the second tallest tree in the UK once again. 62 metres high it was. What an incredible achievement. But the reality is that if we want to go up, if we want to grow in God, then we need to go down. And I'll explain what I mean in just a little minute. If we want to grow in God, we need to be prepared to get lower down. And what I'm really saying 
is you know we find it in James chapter ten uh, four sorry James chapter four verse ten. God says, "Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up." Humble yourself before the Lord, and He will lift you up. Listen to this. All the trees, this is in Ezekiel, right? And this is why I love the Old Testament, because it's using pictures and language that I totally get sometimes, you know, these things. All the trees of the field will know that I, the Lord, bring down the tall tree and make the low tree grow tall. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. It's this whole analogy of God being able to do anything that he wants. What does the Bible say? That God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And it's him that lifts us. I'm going to show you another picture and say this is what happens when we don't humble ourselves. When we don't humble ourselves, there comes into our lives a hardness. And when the storms of life come, in some cases, it's not just the growing top of the tree that gets affected. It's the very tree itself. This tree is beyond recovery. And sadly, there are some people who Paul talks about shipwreck their faith. I would never like to say that anybody is beyond recovery. But if we are not prepared to humble ourselves, then how can God lift us up? And there's a message for the church here. And just to clarify this, as leaders, when we talk about being elevated, we're not talking about making a name for ourselves in Whitburn Pentecostal Church. And I hope that that's understood. But I'm saying it just to clarify. We are not here to make a name for ourselves, but we're here to lift up the name of Jesus because it's his name that deserves to be praised, not ours. And so if God is going to elevate this fellowship, it's not for our sakes, it's for his sake. And the church as a whole, each and every one of us, need to be established But we also need to begin to rise up into new levels in the things which God is calling us to. There's another little aspect to this which I I kind of thought about as I was preparing for today. Talking about being elevated like a tree grows up. And it's a tree which I came across a couple of years ago. And here it is. It's a wonder it's still standing. Because in somebody's wisdom, they introduced beavers back onto the Tay. And up in Aberfeldy, you will be able to see beavers on the River Tay. And because their teeth keep growing, they need to gnaw away at things in order to shorten them again, or they would have big, long teeth. That's why they kind of gnaw away at things. And this is a beech tree. It's a hardwood tree. And you see the damage that's been done by this beaver as it's been gnawing away at the tree to wear down its front teeth. And it made me really think about the things that will stop us from being elevated, the things which will stop us from growing in God and its life 
in its circumstances, particularly bitterness. Bitterness will gnaw away at our lives. In this case, the tree is still standing, but it looks abnormal. There's still life flowing through that tree, but it's not the way that it should be. And this is the effect that bitterness will have in our lives. It gnaws away at us. If we've got unforgiveness in our lives, it will gnaw away at us. And if we want to be elevated, then we need to become humble. We need to be prepared to be those people who come down and find God's level. Why am I saying all this? I'm saying all this because every single person in this place matters to God. And I'm saying this because within me, my desire is for all of us to go to new levels in God, to grow in God, to grow in our service, to grow in our understanding. And as we as individuals begin to go to that new level, as we elevate to new levels, then we will see changes corporately as well. When Gary Davidson shared that word, he talked about going to new levels in leadership, new levels in worship, new levels in all sorts of things. That's, that's what I want. I don't know if you want the same thing, but I want to go to new levels. I want to grow in that grace that's on my life. Just as an example, what do we mean by growing in grace? This was a really weird thing. We read about gifts of the Spirit being gifts of grace. Um, back in 1990, uh, in a small church, uh, man was speaking. He was speaking in English. His name was Victor. Can't remember a word of what he was talking about, uh, which is like most sermons. So I know that you will forget the majority of what I've said, and that's okay. But Victor was speaking, and there was something inside saying, you need to go and get this guy to pray for you. And so I went up to him after the service was finished. I said, I, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know why, but I really feel that you need to pray for me. And Victor said, okay, just sit down. And he had me kind of sit down on a chair. He says, just put your hands out as if you're going to receive. And I'm sitting. And he laid his hands on me. He began to pray for me. And I began to sense God doing something. There's just, I can't explain it, but something was happening inside. And God was doing something new in my life. And I began to speak in another language. And his advice to me was, when you go back home, find a church where you can put that into practice. Glad you put me here. But I had a strange experience when I was in Africa a few weeks back. And we're down the front of this church. People have been sharing. And you know, it was our chance to go and pray for people. And there's this pastor, which we prophesied over and, and prayed over. And just talking about kind of new things happening, a different level of something happening, I actually found myself praying in a different language, in a different tongue. It sounded kind of African-ish, but I have no idea what I was saying. I think it was a heavenly language. And for that moment, for that time, was able to pray in this other language, which God gave me for that moment. And do you know something? I can't even begin to think of the words I can't reinvent it. I can't, by my own mental powers, do the same thing again. Because it was something that God was doing for that moment in time. What did I do? 
I didn't do anything. I just made myself available to him. I said, this is the gift that I've got. I didn't think about this consciously. But I was exercising that gift of speaking in tongues. It's quite handy. And as I was doing it, God gave me a different tongue to start praying in. Growing in the grace that we have. What has God gifted you to do? What has God graced your life with? We used this illustration a couple of weeks ago. Not about the single tree being out on the moorland on its own. People who can go on their own. But about being a forest. But about being together. About being healthy. And I was listening to a message by Alan Hewitt. And I've pinched two of his quotes from that. Because as I was reading it I thought, that's it. I like that. So I'm going to quote Alan Hewitt quoting somebody else. Okay? A man called Elton Trueblood who said, If the average church should suddenly take seriously the notion that every lay member, man or woman, is really a minister of Christ, we could have something like a revolution in a very short time. If the average church should suddenly take seriously the notion that every lay member, man or woman, is really a minister of Christ, we could have something like a revolution in a very short time. What has God gifted you with? And are you exercising that gift? Because if you don't exercise the gift, it won't grow. Then he quotes another man called Thomas Gillespie, who says, Mobilization takes place when we're talking about the church exercising the gifts that are in the church. We're not just talking about the spiritual gifts, the nine that are talked about in Corinthians. We're talking about our giftedness as people. He says, Mobilization takes place if the non clergy are willing to move up, if the clergy are willing to move over and if all God's people are willing to move out I think we will see God move when we start to understand these words when we start to understand that God has gifted us there is a grace upon our lives to minister in a particular way and as we move in that and as we allow God to move through us then we grow. We move up. It's interesting that he talks about the clergy being willing to move over. There's an interesting one, eh? I'll quite happily move over and let somebody else come here and talk about their experiences in God. If you're experiencing this happening in your life, if you're growing in the grace that God has given you, come and tell us and encourage us. And when all of us are willing to move out, then we begin to see that God's plan starts to work. Bill Hybel says that the local church is the hope of the world. And I believe that it's true. And we need, as a church, to continue to be salt and light. Romans chapter 12, verses 68 says this, We have different gifts according to the grace given us. I'll never forget the first time I took an assembly. It was in Whitdale uh, Primary School. Uh, 
and then we, there was so there's so many kids in what deal we had to do it in three sections. And my knees were absolutely knocking because I was petrified. I'd done kind of similar things before, but I'd never done an assembly before. And I was shaking in my shoes. But God gives us the grace for the thing that he calls us to. Would God, given, would God have given me that grace, do you think, if I hadn't been prepared to step out? If I hadn't been prepared to step out, why would he give me the grace? If we're going to just kind of stay here where it's comfortable, we don't need grace. We don't need it. We only need the grace when we begin to step out in that gift which God has given us. Different gifts according to the grace that's given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. The reality is that we each need to grow in that area of grace, that area of giftedness which God has given us. And we can be prone to thinking that the most important gifts are the kind of upfront gifts. Sometimes that's what we see a lot of in church life. But let me say that that is not the most important gift. We need to each recognize our area of gifting. I have to say, this is not my default being on a platform, sermonizing and doing all that kind of stuff. This is not my default, but God gives me the grace to do the thing that he calls me to. Where am I happiest? I'm happiest in a small group, opening the Bible, sharing the scriptures, and I get so excited when somebody goes, light bulb. (laughs) I get it. I get it. I see it. And that excites me. It excites me when I see it and when I get it. And when other people start to have the light bulb moments, I get excited. And for me, I'm most happy in that environment. But God gives us the grace to do the thing that he calls us to. Most of our Christianity is outworked outside of the confines of this service, isn't it? The magic number, 168. The amount of hours in a week. And we only spend one and a half Hours of our week gathered together in church. One and a half out of 68. You can do the maths yourself and work out the percentage. And most of our Christianity is outworked in those other 166 and a half hours. Did I do it right? Just checking. There's plenty of teachers in here to correct me if I'm wrong. That's where our Christianity is outworked. That's where it's all put into practice. That's where we begin to grow in the grace that God has put on our lives. 
Am I saying that the other 166 and a half hours are more important? I think it's really important for us to come together as church. I think our time together is crucial. It's a time where we come together to give to each other, to give to God more importantly. If all we do is come to church to sit and listen and to receive and never contribute, then maybe that's a problem. I think we should be coming to church with a prayerful heart, saying, Lord, I might have a word today to share with somebody. It might be in public, but it might not be. It might just be somebody that God lays in my heart at the end of the service to go and say, by the way, Bobby, I think you're so handsome. (laughs) What can we say? (laughs) But it it might, I'm, I'm making a joke about that. But actually, it might be to tell somebody, by the way, you look good today. Because you don't know what's going on in somebody's heart. You don't know the kicking that some people are getting by the enemy, telling them that they're this and they're that and they're the next thing. And maybe somebody needs to hear, by the way, you're looking good today. Maybe somebody needs a little hug. Michael, you look like you need a hug. There you go, sorted. We come together to give to God. We come together to give to each other. Do you know, I thought about Sunday services and I'm almost finished. And I counted 25 different activities that make a Sunday service happen. 25 different activities that make a Sunday service happen. This isn't the only thing that happens on a Sunday. 25, there's another 24 things other than the message that makes Sunday happen. And we all have an opportunity to contribute, to grow in that grace that God has placed on our lives. And my prayer, as we finish, is that we do indeed take seriously the gift that God has placed on your life. That you take seriously the grace that God has placed in your life. The places where God has taken you, in your workplace, in your street, in your own home, in your school, in your university, wherever you find yourself, that's where God has placed you. And he's placed you there for a reason. And he has a purpose that he wants to outwork through you. And so let's endeavor to grow. Let's endeavor to elevate, to go to the next level both individually, corporately as a church, and we continue to pray about these things and look to God to show us what is the next step. What's the next step? Let's just bow our heads and we'll pray, and the musicians are going to come back up. (coughs) Father, we thank you that you have called us for such a time as this. Father, we thank you that all the things which you are doing, they are possible because of that grace that you give us, that grace which you place on our lives. But Father, my prayer today is that each and every one of us would learn to grow in that grace which you have placed on our lives. Father, to grow in that knowledge of our incredible Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you would help us in everything to grow up into Christ, who is our head. Father, to become like him.
And Father, to put him at the very centre of our lives. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the health and strength that you have given us. Father, we thank you that you have gifted us, that you have put that grace in our lives for different things. And Lord, my prayer today for those who are confused about what their gift is, Lord, my prayer is that you begin to show people this is an opportunity for you to work in, uh, an area of the field for you to to harvest in. And, And Father, we pray that you begin to cause us to join together. Father, just like those bones which came together in that valley in Ezekiel chapter 37, that they would come together. And Father, it was the word of God which made it happen. That they came together and they appeared to be an army. That, Father, it was your breath that was necessary for that army to function. And, Lord, we recognize in the very same way that it's your breath that we need, that's your spirit in this place that we need in order to enable us to function. Father, it's your breath that we need, your spirit that we need to enable us to function in the places that you will take us this week. Father, those places where we will spend most of our time where we will outwork our Christianity, outwork our faith. And Lord, we pray that you just place upon us a boldness to speak for you, to speak about Jesus. Father, place a boldness in our lives that we might grow in that grace, that we might grow in that knowledge of you. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. And Lord, I recognize that today, for some people in here, they're in the middle of that storm. And Father, you know every heart in here. For some, is that raging storm which, which surrounds them at this point in time. And Father, my prayer is that you would keep each one strong. Father, that you'd keep each one secure and firm. Father, that you keep each and every one of us. And Father, that we might know in the midst of the storm, we might know your strength. Father, that you give us grace for the things which we're experiencing just now. And Father, there's an argument that would say that the greater the storm, the greater the grace. And Father, we pray that we would experience that in our lives, even throughout the rest of today, throughout this week, whatever it would bring our way. Lord, we pray that we would know a strengthening from you. So, Lord, we pray that your hand would be upon us. Father, we pray that we would know your presence even as we go on in today, Father, throughout this week. Lord, help us to stop and think about what our next step is. Father, we pray that you'd reveal yourself to us through your word. Father, that we would pray about the things which we're struggling with. And Father, just take seriously Jesus' words when he tells us to ask, to seek, and to knock. And Father, we pray that we would grow, that we would grow up into that likeness of Jesus, each and every one of us. Father, for your glory, in Jesus' name we ask. Amen.